we were at a um, an event in Melbourne and someone gave a talk about a um, it was a wearable device that would correct your posture when you when you ran. And he finished the pitch, and then there were investors in the audience, and they put up, some of them put up their hands. One guy said, uh, "How do I know where you're going after this? How do I keep an eye on you?" And he said, "Oh, you know, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really." tweet and then our Facebook thing's there, I guess I'll post about someday and I kind of had to yell out, follow it on Health Horizon. You know? Hello and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast, really pleased to have you along for this episode and today we're going to be talking about the Growth Centre Project Fund and we're going to meet one of our projects. To do that, we're joined by Elizabeth Stairs, who is our Director of Major Projects at MTP Connect, and also Matt McGann, who is the co-founder of Health Horizons, which is the project we're looking at today. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hello. I might begin with you, Elizabeth. Um, before, we, before we get into Health Horizons and uh, what those guys do, tell us about the Growth Centre Project Fund. Okay, so MTP Connect were granted uh, $15.6 million of funds from the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science to invest in co-funded projects, which are projects where the industry themselves, so the MTP sector, fund at least 50% of those projects, which really makes sure that they are sector-led and that they're really important to the sector. And MTP Connect will fund the other 50%. So we've now got 36 projects ongoing, and those projects span from education, such as the Immunist Program, to um, conferences and events like the Bridge Program, um, to facilities such as the work we're doing with the TRI up in Queensland to um, equip one of their labs to build medtech devices that can then go into clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And then the final is the incubator type activities such as the actuator and and health, where those individual companies or those individual projects are helping other companies to establish their medical devices. And this, this is all with a view to boosting the MTP sector, helping to grow the MTP sector and the, the ingredients within the sector that's that's required. Absolutely. So we're looking at um, skills and education, specifically for the, the mentorship and the training type programs, and then the facilities to allow these small SMEs to, um, to develop their product and to come up with their first prototypes or their, their, their devices that need to go to clinical trials that then prove the concept that allow them to move forward um, to, to release those projects, those products in the future. Okay, well, it's a, it's a good opportunity to introduce Matt, which is Health Horizons. Tell us about Health Horizons. What is it? Well, it started um, a few years ago. Me and my co-founder, Marcus Dorr, were talking about the challenges of, um, of getting new health innovations to improve our lives effectively because he has experience on the board of a company that does the commercial commercialization of innovations out of hospitals and health services so a non-profit that manages those and um, we we came to the conclusion that the problem was one of transparency people just aren't sort of aware of what's going on there's a lot of duplicated work and that kind of thing but we discovered that problem from a consumer perspective to start with um, I would notice that every time you'd watch the news you'd see some exciting promise some university has discovered this new drug it's going to cure parkinson's one day you see all the test test tubes and everything it's all very impressive and then there's usually usually a line like scientists say this could be available in 10 years time 
and then it ends and you've got millions of consumers kind of staring like what's next with this so the thought was we both had experience in in data uh, it should be feasible considering that the progress the public progress of everything is online it should be feasible to collect that all in one place so that these things can be tracked for consumers so when I have a search engine where you can search for a disease or an innovation that you care about follow it and then we push the updates to you so that you don't have to like randomly Google weird drug names for the next five years to work out what happened to it. So, so you're a mining company in a way. You're, you're mining. You're mining data. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 all about data and um, making it meaningful. And it's been really interesting to start from the consumer perspective because from day one we had to make it not only collect the data but make it intelligible for um, the lay person. And that's proven to be quite cool because when we go, when we do talk to big companies and governments who all focus on different parts of the ecosystem, you quickly realise that if you're an expert in one area, you're a layman in all the others. So to have that kind of um, ground level of simplicity that everyone can work with means it's open. It, it helps with transparency because everyone can talk at the same level. Mm. Yeah, that was quite fun. So, so good for consumers to know what's going on in an area, a therapeutic area that could be of real interest to them or a family member or something. Mm. What about to potential in investors? Yeah, so um, again, bringing them, making it more transparent means you know where they're at. Uh, our, our system detects innovations and then also tracks them. And if you can track them in the future, you can actually look into the past at the same time. So we can extract where an innovation came from and then monitor monitor where it might go. We were at a, um, an event in Melbourne and someone gave a talk about a, um, it was a wearable device that would correct your posture when you, when you ran. And he finished the pitch and then there were investors in the audience and they put up, some of them put up their hand. One guy said, uh, how do I know where you're going after this? How do I keep an eye on you? And he said, oh, you know, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really tweet. And then a Facebook thing's there. I guess I'll post to that someday. And I kind of had to yell out, follow it on Health Horizon. Because <laughs> um, that, that's the idea. Uh, investors meet each other, meet startups and companies all the time. And they're just not at the right stage or they're not matched in terms of their development. Um, right now, unless you keep in contact, you miss that opportunity when you do hit the stage that the investor's waiting for. But here we want to be able to, once you find something, you don't lose track of it, you hook onto it. And then when it has reached the level as an investor you're comfortable investing in, then you'll be the first to know. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth, what, what was attractive about the Health Horizons project to MTP Connect in the, in the first instance? Why would MTP Connect back this particular project? I think it gave a level of visibility to all of the different inventions and um, new products that were out on the market. So the first year, um, Matt will probably be able to tell you more, but the first year was very much a more hands-on level, investigating and mining all of the different, the new um, inventions and the new products and looking at the, the AI that will allow, us, allow the team to continue to monitor those through the next number of years. And it gives, it gives two levels. It gives um, the sector, so the MTP sector, the ability to be able to see what's coming up and, and track the progress of new inventions. And it also allows the sector and potentially the regulators or any policymakers to see what is out there. So if a, a potential great example could be um, if there are lots of digital um, inventions coming along, the TGA would know that, that they could have eyes on 
in two years time what they're going to need to start to regulate um, and that wasn't there before so you've been able to do something that wasn't there before and, and that was really attractive to MTP Connect as we reviewed all the project applications. So what was what was your view about being supported by MTP Connect and how valuable was that as you wanted to get your idea off the ground? Well, the project itself was a kind of a deep dive into the Australian landscape. So um, from a data perspective, because we built the tracking system to be global and if you're, if you're working globally, you can go so deep but um, this project was, let's um, focus in on Australia and go deeper. Can we find um, when innovations attend certain events? Can we go right down to the level of what they're doing on the ground? And we were highly successful at that, so we can track when people arrive at certain conferences and when people might be intersecting next and that kind of thing, which is, which is really cool. Um, as a startup, we're, we were um, sort of four years old, and it's, you, you, you never get... Um, like a, a enough sort of funds so that you can sort of sit down and think clearly kind of thing and just go, all right, let's build a really good system that can solve this one problem. And that's what the grant fund really allowed us to do. Like clarity of mind, those usual uh, burdens that stress out a startup or might distract them were gone and we could just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the application process was also, I was surprised by how simple that was. So um, applying to lots of other grants around the place, that kind of, um, the requirements to apply for a lot of those grants yeah. are so involved. Startups just don't have the time to, to work at that, yeah. especially f- for ones that are so hard to um, get funding yeah. in, like where the odds are so low. So you, you were a startup. Um, how, many, how many entities did you have in your database when you, when you started and, and how many do you have today? In terms of the activities that we're monitoring we have hundreds of thousands of those around the world Um, they kind of form what we call the iceberg it's like everything that's happening around the place and then there's a sort of decision we make when we push things public it's like okay this has been simplified down to a level that the public can understand anyone can understand we're tracking it we're happy with it then that goes public so there's four and a half thousand of those and um, the Australian Showcase project from MTP Connect, that resulted in there was a thousand innovations by the time that project ended in November. But we are continuing it, so there's I think twelve hundred, thirteen hundred now. What reaction do you get from people in the sector, entities, startups, people you know progressing their innovation? What do they think about Health Horizons? Uh, consumers get it. <laughs> they they really um, respond to that problem about seeing something on the news and not knowing where it goes. In the industry, I find that it's a really even 50-50 split for the people who get it and the people who don't. So uh, we get people who say, uh, we don't need this, we just need cash, I need to be talking to people, I need to do my work, I need to just get out there, I need to find money. And then you get people who think, totally, it's a new era, connectivity is what the most important thing is, we need to maximise opportunity wherever we are, so making all that public is is more important. So yeah, 50-50, it's quite interesting. And you've recently exited the MTP Connect project. Your, your funding is completed. And wh- where, where are you up to and what's the future looking like? What's the future horizon, if I can use that clever term, looking like? Well, we have a uh, few opportunities because we, we realise the ability to monitor activities of an ecosystem is useful for very large innovators, even global innovators, 
because they have thousands of researchers within their, within their own organization. The visibility problem of knowing what's happening in an ecosystem, they are their own ecosystem. They, they aren't always aware of what's being researched in their, in their own organization. So we can track those and um, provide them with a platform where they get visibility across what they're doing. So it's been quite interesting to, for, it to, for us to realize it as a sort of service in that sense. And then at the same time, when we set out to do this, we had to come up with a new way to categorize health innovations. There are lots of categorizations about the, out there about health, but it's health plus technologies and application plus time because things change over time. So it was quite a weird thing. We had to invent our own category. But we've invented a sort of um, what we call the pipeline where it describes the steps innovations go through to start from research all the way up to uh, health outcomes, really. And that, that's kind of a standardized, what well, we think it's an authoritative map. And that means you can apply any kind of data to that map. We have innovation data, so we can apply that to there. But we can also get funding data and apply it to the map as well. You can say these funding opportunities around Australia appear on this part of this pipeline. These um, capabilities that innovators can use to improve their technologies, they're on this part of the pipeline. And then when, uh, when an innovator positions themselves on that pipeline and say, I'm pre-TGA phase one, they can see what the capabilities are that they could be accessing. So we're exploring that in a policy setting at the moment. That's really exciting. So you're talking about transparency and you're talking about enhanced visibility across these innovations, these inventions. Uh, are governments looking at what you're doing and taking an interest in what you're doing? Where that, that project with the pipeline and having those multiple data sets on it, that is something we're talking to governments about. I like to say it's invigorating some old data sets. We can pull in these old data sets, lay them out on the map, use our tracking system to keep that data up to date, and so it becomes... Uh, a real-time representation of what's in the Australian ecosystem. That's what we're aiming for. And, that, and so right now we're talking to state governments, actually, because they have a lot of economic questions and about what is going on in their own state. And I think tracking was the bit... Uh, two bits were missing. Uh, tracking and then that standard pipeline to, to make all the various sources of data integrable. Mm. And I just want to pick up on one of Elizabeth's points, which was about you know the TGA seeing what's what's coming down that pipeline. Mm. What what are you seeing? What are the big trends in in innovation in the health and medical research space? Yeah, well, digital is obviously the big one, and that w- that was interesting because we first talked to um, Ant Health, a friend of ANTP Connect. Um, when we were talking to Ant Health, they were talking about the difficulties of this kind of pipeline. What does a pipeline look for digital health? In the old days, it was drugs or devices, and they've got quite a well-defined pathway to follow. But digital things get invented, distributed, people use them, then they get tested after the fact, and it's just a mess. Um, so that our pipeline sort of takes that into account, but I think, yeah, digital is obviously a very big one. Um, personally, I think, if I was a sort of betting man, um, mm. I'm interested in a lot of the smaller lower tech solutions. Uh, it's not totally clear to me that the next big thing in health is going to be the next big drug or the next big device or whatever it might be because there are lots of really simple low tech things out there that um, essentially are compete by orders of magnitude on cost and things like that. So I'd like to see how those go. You know, like paper-based diagnostic tests that just change colour like litmus paper is better than some complicated AI that can diagnose a blood sample or... Um, uh, we, we had one that was an 
MIT invented a way to mix medicines using uh, effectively a little mechanical musical music box <laughs> because it, it's effectively a little program with little tongs hitting each note. And then if you have little sources of medicine, each note lets in liquids and you get precise measurements from uh, very cheap equipments. So things like that. And I was surprised by vir uh, virtual reality as an application. I didn't really see that, but I think one of the most effective things that I saw was carers using VR to simulate things like vertigo and the experience that their patients, to, to experience what their patients experience to make them a better carer. If you know what it's like to have vertigo and you put on VR, you experience it, you take it off and you say, oh, you know, whenever I pull them this way, that feels terrible or whatever. So yeah. lets them, um, lets them um, experience living their shoes for a day kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. 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 Empathy. Empathy, that's the word. <laughs> so Elizabeth's nodding in furious agreement here about virtual reality. Is that is that accord with, you know, your, your contacts across the MTP sector, or what, what people are working on, what people are really interested in? So I think virtual reality and empathy is, is a great um, concept to have. So I've heard of individuals wearing arthritis suits to simulate what, how, uh, how an individual with arthritis, say arthritis in their hands or arthritis in their movement, would feel. So as you say, a carer can feel empathy for the person they're then caring for, mm. or a designer can use that and design a product in a different way to allow them to access those individuals and design the best product for them to use. Okay, well, look, um, thanks very much for, for joining us, Matt, and I guess it's onward and upward and for a health horizon, so good luck for the future. Thank you very much. And, and Elizabeth, thank you to, to you too for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Steve.